What is going on, baseball fans? Welcome back to another episode of This Week in Baseball presented by Diamond Digest. I'm your host, Jordan Lazowski. We're talking about the wild card round as we get ready for some division series action to come. We first got to talk about what's happened. Joining me will be Dodgers Digest once again, James <laughs> and Joseph. And this week's sacrificial lamb, last week it was Joey Boley. This week's it is Sam Hicks Jerkins. Everybody, yeah. how we doing? Anyone well, doing I good? don't have to watch the Raiders Chiefs play, so I guess that's a win. Because <laughs> I hate both of those teams with every fiber of my being. James, you always bring so much enthusiasm to all of this. The Raiders are winning on a game. Monday night versus a Sunday night. <sighs> Weeks already hit you a little bit. You've been at work. You've been at school for those of us who are young enough, Sam. So. Yeah, it's, it's I a mean, little I, bit longer day. Today, so. <clears throat> today I moved oh, about three hundred bags, uh, satchels, and about one hundred and seventy-five belts, uh, for a movie that I can't talk about for like three years. So actually, no, this is a TV show. For a TV show, I can't talk about for like, two years. Uh, which is that's how my day goes. Sometimes you just do a lot of weird shit, and then you forget about it, and then you see a trailer, and you're like, oh yeah. I did that. <laughs> and I'm just recovering from Oogie Boogie Bash, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone's had different weekends, different days, certain <laughs> weeks. I mean, that's about as wide a spectrum as it gets. So let's jump in and talk first about a few small news pieces. Well, not small news pieces, but smaller compared to uh, some of the playoff action. First, the Braves do what the Braves do, or Braves did what the Braves do, and extended Spencer Strider. So another young piece of their core locked up for what is likely to be a team-friendly deal. The Braves seem to win on this. Other teams seem to try. They don't seem to do it as well as the Braves do. And I think on the other side of things, and we'll get into it with the Phillies a little bit, their interim manager is no longer an interim manager, and it kind of feels fitting that we start with the Phillies as we talk about some of these wildcard matchups because not only do they have a new full-time manager for the next two seasons, they're in the division series. And, and James and I are on the record as of last week of saying there was no chance this was happening. And now they're here. So I, I guess I'll start with you, James. How'd they get here? What happened? Why were we so wrong? Well, I'll own it. They uh, they played better than the Cardinals, first off. Brian Helsley was terrible in the ninth inning of game one. And it was such a weird situation with his injury, but it but they only looked for his injury like after he hit Alec Bohm and after he had faced like like five or seven batters. I don't remember how many he faced, but he had a very high pitch count and it was, it was a weird look. I thought uh, Rob Thompson made a mistake pulling Wheeler as early as he did just because, but the Phillies bullpen, you need to get as many outs from your starters as possible. And in the playoffs, if your starter is rolling yeah, don't mess with it. How many times have we seen a team mess with that sort of thing? And they uh, they uh, 
see it blow up in their face. It's a tale as old as time. It doesn't matter who you root for. You will always see that. So once Helsley kind of blew that game for the Cardinals, I don't think there was a way back emotionally because he had been that ninth inning shutdown guy all year for him. The Phillies were on their last legs and they were able to eke out a ugly win because I don't think any, I think two balls made it past the infield. It was, it was not, a, it was not fun if you're a Cardinals fan. And there was a lot of defensive lapses from Edmund, from Nolan Arenado to Paul Goldschmidt. It basically, the Cardinals played like how I thought the Phillies would play. And then game two, uh, Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnado did not show up. And they had been carrying this Cardinals offense for most of the year. So when they don't show up, the rest of the lineup looks very different. I think you're looking at a team where, you know, <clears throat> everything that could go wrong did go wrong for the Cardinals and find themselves on the outside looking in as we discuss the division series coming up. I think it's going to be hard for them, though, to do it again. And, and I'll turn to Sam you on this one. What do the Phillies have to do now to get past the Braves? Because we can't just say there's no chance I, of it because we're here now. But I think that the Phillies are built for October baseball because they like the the top end talent is just so good. Like, sure, in a normal like regular season situation, you only get Nola and Wheeler for two games out of five. Oh, we get to a five game series. Nola and Wheeler are shut down. You just have to win one of three, and then you look at the offense. It's kind. Of, I feel like. We had Gene Segura with that clutch hit the other day. It's like, okay, Freed and Strider, they're good. They're not unhittable. If I think if there's a team in baseball that can hit those guys, it might be it might be the Phillies. Yeah, but the problem is with Philadelphia, like you don't have the luxury of that off day the American League teams have. So very likely you're going to be down 0-2 going back to Philadelphia and even with Wheeler and Nola pitching both those games, I don't see a scenario wherein you take one of three in Atlanta because you don't have either of your top dogs available for any of the games in that city, unfortunately. I mean, I feel like we're discounting the possibility because we've got like Ranger Suarez or like Ranger Suarez. I think he could absolutely deal in game one. But I think when you're going up against Max Freed, you're automatically behind the eight ball. At the same I time. was about to uh, say that Max Freed is one of the best pitchers in the National League. Ranger Suarez could be good. I haven't watched many Phillies games. I, I, I don't know. But if we're talking short series pitching matchups, I take Freed over Ranger Suarez. But, I mean, it's very possible that the Phillies have better game two and game three starters, but... Who knows who's starting the other three games, and that's what gives me pause. But then again, so we, we were, talk we about we talk about all these game two. So that might change things. So I, I guess in terms of projected matches, we don't know much yet. It is Ranger Suarez versus Max Freed 
what is today, Monday, so Tuesday now you're hearing it. So it is Suarez versus Freed tonight, but for tomorrow night, it is Zach Wheeler against still to be determined for the Braves. I'm sure they have their ideas, but at least at this point, it is projected that Wheeler will be starting game two. So I guess to Joseph's point, you know, maybe you're not down 0-2, maybe you're 1-1 heading back to the next part of that series. And now you get to come home and now you've got Nola on the mound. And now you feel a little bit better about your chances versus being down 0-2. But, but now, who's pitching game four and game five? Now you get back to games four and game five. It's almost like you got to just scratch and claw through one of them, but that's not a team built to scratch and claw through a game necessarily. Yeah, but the thing about October is is you just have to run into one or two fastballs and hope you get lucky. And if there's a lineup full of dudes that can run into a fastball and hope they get lucky nine times, it's the Phillies lineup. So maybe pitching doesn't matter as much if you can just connect on a Strider fastball, a Freed fastball, a Matzik fastball, and then change the momentum of the game completely. And that's what the Phillies are built to hopefully prove to do. Just say that your fastball does not matter when I've got nine guys in my lineup just trying to hit a home run and see what happens there. The the Phillies are trying to prove that anything other than offense is incredibly overrated in baseball. And I I was skeptical. I was wrong in the wild card. As a result, they're now going to have – a huge test here. I think not, obviously not the toughest test they'll probably face should they advance past Atlanta, um, but still a very good test. So, again, that division series starts tonight – excuse me, this afternoon, um, 12 p.m. Central time. Uh, so Jordan will make sure this goes out well before then so that we have plenty of time to listen to it. Game two will be on Wednesday, October 12th at 3.35 p.m. Central time. And it'll be interesting to see how those first two games go. So, Atlanta, the first of those two. I think if you take a look at it, again, Atlanta is probably my vote. Is there anyone willing to go on record and say Philly wins this series? Okay, we got two people, Sam and Joseph. Sam, give us the case. I think that – I think the Braves – like from the Braves' table, I think they might be a bit complacent right now. Oh, you just won a World Series. Oh, you just clinched the division. I feel like Enya's had a first round by. There's not really like, I I kind of question Atlanta's like fight. They're like like the playing hard kind of thing. And also I think the Phillies are massively underrated right now. Especially because I feel like everyone knows who the top end guys are, but they're third and fourth starting pitchers. Not half bad. The rest of that offense can hold their own. And then I think I think I trust those guys on the Phillies to do their part to win them this series. Joseph, make your case. You wait, just wait. don't want the Dodgers to play the Braves, do you? <laughs> I don't want the Dodgers to play. Happening in their stadium. I don't want the Dodgers to play the Phillies. If I'm being honest here, because they're really? the scarier team. If you just look at like what plays in October, like they won Game One with small ball. I didn't think that word was in their dictionary going into game one, and they did it. They can hit home runs with the best of them. Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola are probably the scariest one-two left in the National League playoffs. 
and you probably have them four times in a series. I, uh... But for me, the thing that's going to sell me is like the Braves have been playing on a 114 win pace for a while. We've seen it a lot with the Dodgers where they get incredibly hot and then they crap out for like a month. Or get because hurt. you can't play baseball at that pace for such a long time and keep it up for a whole season. That's why you don't see a lot of teams win 110 games, and it's so special when it does happen. I think the Braves are tired, and they're overlooking Philadelphia, and that's where the Phillies are going to get you. Also, they no guard's going to deal at some point in the series. I feel like he's oh, going to yeah. be the guy that steps up. I mean, I think you think you're the Braves. You're like, oh, we want L.A. We want L.A. They're going to, I think, like o- overlook the Phillies. Like like Joseph said, and then maybe like they, maybe they don't make the smart decisions. Like I think not everyone's going to be on their A game, and in the playoffs, that's the difference. I'm slowly being convinced. I, I I think if they can head back to Philly, tied at one in the series, I think that is advantage Philadelphia. May I say Philly? one thing of about course. the Atlanta Braves? chances i think it's their series to lose Mm -hmm. however the health of spencer strider and how much they are willing to use him is going to be the x factor in this series for me if you look at this as i have you have freed going on the bump uh for game one you're gonna probably have him for a potential game five if you have strider going game two i think he matches up with uh Wheeler really well. He's he has been at times their best pitcher this year. So it depends on how healthy he is. It, I don't think we've gotten any official reports as of Monday night. I don't I don't think Charlie Morton's that good. I don't think Kyle Wright is that good. They're I mean, they're beatable, but I if Strider's in that rotation. It's hard for me to pick against a team with Max Fried and Spencer Strider in a five-game set. I mean, this might be this might not be very sabermetrically inclined of me to say, but I feel like Kyle Wright won twenty-one games this year. In, in like in the modern era, that's ex- like in the playoffs, you kind of have to you gotta give him a game. Mm-hmm. After he had that, like he's like what one twenty-seven ERA plus. So I genuinely think it's Kyle Wright. I think Kyle Wright, if he gets a start, he's going to deal. Well, yeah, but the, I look uh, at the back defense. end of the bullpen because we don't talk about that as much with Atlanta. They're one Kenley Jansen implosion in the playoffs away from having to restructure that entire bullpen almost. Because if you have to move Will Smith to the ninth, the seventh and eighth inning gets a lot hairier because you can only use Matzik for really one or two most. And you're gonna Will burn Smith's him. Will not on the team. Oh, that's right. They traded Will Smith, huh? Rysel Iglesias is the probably who you were thinking of there, bud. Um, yeah, I I like the Braves bullpen better than the Phillies too. That's another thing. But uh, I've seen Kenley Jansen play in the playoffs. Not the best. I just think the Braves are more talented. Uh, you know they have who's the better pitching. You know who's never played a postseason game in his life? Rysel Iglesias. Does, Does that the, a factor? Like, Wait, I thought he appeared in one of those 2020 games, or am I mistaken? I, okay, that was fake postseason. 
Mickey Mouse wild card round appearance. Convenient. Uh, not going to be popular on Dodgers Digest. Evening. Okay. I'm okay. The Reds <laughs> couldn't score a run in 15 innings against the Braves. Not 15. It was a lot of innings against the Braves. 24. Oh my God. <laughs> Something like that. God, I forgot how bad that was. Oh my God. And your only Cy Young winner is Trevor Bauer, so let's figure this one out here. Oh, God. Anyway, yeah, Risa Iglesias, uh, not the most experienced postseason performer. In, like, ninth inning, game five, that's what it comes down to. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I trust him to get, that, get those last three outs. It'll be interesting to see how this goes. I, I think this is maybe more interesting series than on paper it appears to be. I think this will be one where we come back and it's either, yep, Atlanta took it, took care of business, they were the better team, or it's like, still they gave him a fight all the way to the end. I, I will be very curious to see how this one goes. But game one does start tonight, or this afternoon. Um, so be ready for that. Let's go to the other side of the bracket. It'll be the Dodgers and the Padres. Let's get Dodgers Digest up in a... Uh, I'm going to frenzy here. So let's talk first about the San Diego and New York Mets series that happened. The only of the wild card series to go three games. Anyone have any general thoughts on that series? I know, Joseph, you were one who said the Mets might be making a little bit of a longer appearance in the postseason. Yeah. It ended after three games. I like Blake Snell and you Darvish a lot, but you don't match up against. Jacob DeGrom, and Max Scherzer at all. But apparently Dave Roberts was transported into the Mets dugout and put his hey, curse on hey, Max hey. Scherzer there. It's almost like it wasn't Dave Roberts. Sorry, so. Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash. You're thinking of the wrong series. <laughs> Me? But you're close. No, Sam. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pull but, Blake Snell after five innings. You had to beat him once, and like a Manny Machado offense and a Juan Soto who wasn't doing Juan Soto things since he came to San Diego. Like there was just no way I saw him beating them. Like they had to beat him once because I knew Musgrove was going to absolutely demolish that lineup in Game Three. Sticky stuff or not, allegedly. Him, him and his hot ears, hot Thanks, sweaty Andrew, ears. McCutcheon. Yeah, let's talk about that actually a little bit. Does anyone buy that he was using something? Or, I, do. I, I don't doubt there was something on his ears. Ears don't sweat like that. That's weird. But it wasn't sticky. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't sticky. Um, you can have you can have like some substances on you. I uh, Alfonso Mar I think I believe it was Alfonso Marquez who's the one who checked him, who I believe is the crew chief, but don't quote me on that. I haven't looked at the box. Um, but uh yeah, I'm glad they did it because people would have talked shit for a long time about it if they hadn't. Um, but it's I, it's a weird thing. I don't know that I've ever heard of that happening before. It seems to work for him. So maybe we steal his tube of Icy Hot before the next series. It's a weird thing, but they checked it and we're going to have to just live with that. The fact that he puts weird shit on his ears, I guess. Um, I... Uh... <laughs> I don't buy, I don't think he was using sticky stuff because he had a velocity increase along with a spin rate increase. And it's been proven that there's an October bump. So 
he's probably experiencing a little bit of higher velocity because you're going to be throwing harder in the postseason. You're more amped up, and that's going to re- – his spin rate was correlated with his increased velocity. Yeah. It's why I tend to believe he wasn't doing anything. Um, I know that's probably not what most Dodger fans are saying, but I – I mean, I really want to argue with the facts here. I've seen most of Twitter. Most people just think it's weird that he does it, but pitchers and baseball players are weird. So I I think if they hadn't have checked, it would have been a never ending conspiracy that we never heard the end of. Um, But they did. And Andrew McCutch was out there. Andrew McCutcheon was out there shilling pretty hard. So he did a lot of damage control, I think, that got yeah. uh, people thinking, oh, it's just a weird thing pitchers do. It seems to not affect what's happening. So, And I do think the most important piece of evidence in that was, James, like you said, people are only focusing on the spin rate, but you got to focus on the velocity piece of it as well. And the velocity was up, and it was within – like and, and again, up from average isn't a great argument because in order to get to the average, you have to shoot above the average sometimes, unless you're just doing the exact same thing every single game, which is just not statistically what happens. You have to be a little bit above the average some games, a little bit below the average some games. And it was all within the limits of what, Musgrove had reached that year and or this year in terms of spin rate. Um, so I, I think it was a fun storyline. It would have been more fun if they didn't check him and find nothing, but nothing seemed that out of place. He's amped. It was all within the general limits of what he had attained this season as a pitcher. I'm kind of like, yeah, great story. Kind of fun. Kind of cool that they did it to see the whole controversy, like feel the nervousness. Are they going to check the ears, things like that? But I think it's a bunch of nothing at the end. Sensual baseball got a few good stills and gifts out of it. There were some some good tweets. I'll give them that. There are people who are much more. It was entertaining to see. Yeah. Someone just feeling up a dude's ear like this during a major baseball game, like this is do or die. And the umpire is touching the starting pitcher's ear. What a time we live in. Anyone else not playing baseball, what happened there? But at the end of the day, you know, despite just how good Joe Musgrove was in game one, Max Scherzer was not good enough. You put yourself behind the eight ball. Jacob DeGrom was Jacob DeGrom for the most part in game two. And in game three, the Mets offense just, didn't show up one hit in a win or go home baseball game is not going to win you many games unless you're over in the Tampa Bay Cleveland series. And one hit probably could have won one of those games had they gone three. But I I think when you look at now, the Padres had the most difficult road at this point. They're the only team to have to go three guys deep to their rotation. Um, They will also be starting the NLDS tonight, along with all the other division series games, that one will be at 8.37 p.m. Central Time. So they don't get a ton of rest for that rotation. They're going to be running Mike Clevenger out there, though. So there are <laughs> there are worse four starters in baseball. It'll be yeah, Mike Clevenger. Dodgers have Clevenger's number, though. Yeah, I was, um, was going to say it's a pick your poison thing because so, it's either so Clevenger like, or Manaya, and the Dodgers have hit both really mm-hmm. well. Yeah. 
So I, I, I didn't fact check this, but someone was posting about uh, basically Clevenger. 13 innings pitched, 9.69 ERA, no wins, 14 earned runs, 16 hits, five home runs. It's looking pretty good in our favor. I also did a little bit of a deep dive. So, so everyone talks about like, you know, it's, it's important when you get hot, right? Like it's important when you get hot and the it's this season, the least, the, the, the least hot that they have come into a, a series against the Dodgers is splitting a two game series with Arizona. They swept Cincinnati. They swept Colorado. They took, or sorry, they swept San Francisco. They took four of five from Colorado. They took two of three uh, from both uh, Arizona and other Colorado series. And every single time they got stone cold um, or like we beat them. So historically, we're doing pretty good. I'm just baking the humble pie bigger. Um, I've heard some of like the way some of the Padres are talking, the way Bob Melvin's talking. Um, I think they're, I think they're going to Padre. I don't know that, that, that I can predict anything else other than that. You know, we got Darvish going game two. He's done a little bit better. 17 hits. He does have two wins against us. Um, in 19 and he pitched in Dodger Stadium. I just, I just think this is the best case scenario for the Dodgers. It, it, it is when you don't have to deal with Scherzer and DeGrom at any point. So for the matchup so far for this series, it'll be Clevenger that was just mentioned as well as against Julio Arias of the Dodgers in game one. Game two, Hugh Darvish versus Clayton Kershaw. Game three, unannounced. No, yes, no yeah. announced starters yet, but you can probably assume the Padres would stay within their rotation while the Dodgers have a little bit more leeway given that they're coming into the division series without playing any games beforehand. So, my guess would be Gonsolin pitching mm-hmm. just because he's a righty. You're starting two lefties the first two games. You don't want to give them any sort of advantage seeing lefty pitcher after lefty pitcher after lefty pitcher. That would be my guess. Dave Roberts has managed more postseason games than I have. To put it kindly. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to be as objective about this series as possible because the – like – in my head, I just am like, the Padres are so bad, you know, and like it's so clouded by my hatred of them that I I'm struggling to speak objectively, but I'm gonna try. So for let's them to win get... this for okay. them to win this series, they need Trent Grisham to play like like they need the bottom of the lineup to play like they did. Uh they need contributions from one through nine really and they need their pitching to be insane i mean this all sounds like basic how to win in october tutorials and it is but the problem with the padres is that for most of the year it was kind of just the manny machado show and then they added juan soto and he is juan soto you know he has a high reputation for good reason and he has never lost a postseason series but he hasn't been 
as good with the Padres. Um, who's their next best hitter right now? Trent Grisham, who was one of Josh the few Bell. players <laughs> who Profar. had a lower OPS than Cody Bellinger. Jerks and Profar, he's all right. He is he better than a lot? He, I don't know if he's better than a lot of the Dodgers players. That's the problem is Manny Machado and Juan Soto, that duo lines up very well with the Dodgers duo of Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts or Mookie Betts and Trey Turner or Trey Turner and Freddie Freeman. You can pick. It matches up very well. But three through nine, I just don't like. I just don't like it because – Jerks and Profar is not better than Trey Turner or Freddie Freeman or Mookie Betts or Will Smith, if you want to call him the third best hitter. And it just doesn't get better from there. I think at one point this year, the Padre, who had the highest, second highest OPS with at least 200 plate appearances, was uh, Luke Voigt. It's either him or Eric Hosmer. Like, those are the those were two of the best three players at one point for the season for the Padres. Those guys aren't there. Uh, the pitching is insanely good. Um, the Dodgers have seen Darvish and Clevenger and Snell and Musgrove plenty of times. So it's probably going to play to their favor better than the Mets, who probably haven't seen those guys very often. Bullpen's very top-heavy for the Padres. You don't want to get in a one-run deficit in, like, the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning because Hayter's going to be in there, and he's looked really good recently. But I don't know. I just – I don't like this Padres series for him. I just don't think they're better than the Dodgers. Uh, for me- that's about as objective as I can get about it. Um. I also think that Fernando Tatis, if he were eligible to play in this series, would be a major factor in it, and it could swing it that way, but that's just not the world we live in. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Dodgers. Um, I was going to go with them either way, biased or unbiased, but that's my attempt to be partial. Well, no, that's why I looked up all those stats, right? Like I wanted to come into this thinking, and I was wrong, actually. I said that Darvish had two wins against us. I was I was wrong. It was two losses. I read my notes wrong. Uh, two losses and a win. Like performance-wise, they come into the Dodgers hot, right? They come in winning. They come in with like a, 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 a again, the least they have done in the series before facing the Dodgers is split a two-game series. Um, they've come in hot before. And they've just smacked into a wall. Um, that that was where I was going with those with those stats. Is again showing performance. Okay, for me, how the Padres win this is I think play. You, if you're a Padres fan, you need playoff Kershaw to show up in Game Two in order to go to San Diego even one one. I I know I don't want it to happen either. But it is a very reasonable expectation for it to happen. And then in game two, like let's say Gonsolin, or in game three, let's say Gonsolin gets the ball. He has the highest postseason ERA in MLB history with 15 innings pitched. 
and he's not built up well enough. So you're looking at Andrew Heaney or David Price coming in after him. There is a world where the Dodgers may be down 2-1 with their backs against the wall against Joe Musgrove, and they're probably going to throw you Darvish on some short rest. That is the blueprint for the Padres, is you have to get lucky against Kershaw and hope to God Gonsolin, one, isn't built up, and two, implodes in his start. Because it is anything can happen in game five. And that's how you get to a game five. Does it happen? Probably not. Could it happen? Yes. And that's what's going to keep me up at night for the next week. Hi. Partial observer. Yes, I was going to say, I appreciate everyone's attempt here, more (laughs) or less, to be unbiased. But I want someone who's actually got no skin in the game this series. Sam, likely with Padres are able to overtake the Dodgers in this series. No way, kind of to be mentioned, the Dodgers do have the Padres number this year. Okay, so if you look both the Dodgers are staring, they're just staring past the uh, Padres for the Braves right now. You are trying to stir this pot. I really do appreciate it. <sighs> it's what I do. Uh, <laughs> And I feel like it just turns into, like, I'm thinking, like, 2019 Cardinals. Cardinals series. Something along those lines where it's, like, like any given game that's crucial, bats can just go cold. Sorry, that wasn't the Cardinals. It was the Nats. I was like, yeah. yeah. Was sorry, sorry. My bad, my bad. I Yeah. One of those weird teams uh and then annabelle sanchez throws eight scoreless or whatever he did that was in the nlcs i thought he had a really good game in the nlds not no, eight that, scoreless oh, yeah. that nlds was more characterized by dave roberts with the one of the worst managerial performances i don't know the series. reds the reds had a losing record that year uh, <laughs> uh, as per usual <laughs> Uh, anyway, so I feel like if you're the Padres, you got Snell, who I think has is generally very good in the postseason. Uh, and then you got, and then you got Darvish, and then you got like all all these, and then you got like Machado and, and Soto, and then freaking Soto wrecked the Dodgers in 2019. Like no remorse. Like. 1050 OPS, two home runs in the series. Like, I'm like, my bet is that Juan Soto is going to go absolutely insane this series if they have any chance of winning. And I think the Padres just have to, I think Padres, yeah, like you guys were saying, they just have to split the first two games in LA and it's anybody's series. And I think that's really the only way that the Padres can look at this and view it because, you know, you tried convincing me there, Sam, really didn't. You did a great job convincing me Phillies over Braves. You didn't, you didn't get me there as much, but I, I think that's kind of how you have to look at it. Both. It's kind of both the Phillies and the Padres have to view it the same way where you need to get one of these two games and then you go home feeling a lot better about your chances than you do down 0-2. And I know, yeah, no duh. That's very obvious. It was like, you just have to view it as win one of these two. 
That's it. Don't try and do too much. Be heroes and win both. Win one of these two. Get yourselves in a better position. Get ourselves in a better position to now work at home, work in front of our fans, and try and use some of this momentum to our advantage. I, I think that's really the only way they get out of it. But again, you know, you took down a 100-win team in the match. You took down Max Scherzer and scored, what, seven runs off of him. You got two runs and six innings off the ground, which isn't a lot, but in the postseason, it feels like a lot. You can handle top-tier pitching. It's whether or not the Padres – or excuse me, the Dodgers are game-planned against you at this point. I, I think – and five in them in a season says you're pretty game-planned against them. So it'll be an interesting series. So that one also starts. Um, and also one also starts tonight with game two on Wednesday. That one, as I mentioned, you Darvish versus Clayton Kershaw. I'm sure we'll get the predictions of a Dodgers sweep or Dodgers and what four when we get to the predictions piece. But let's move over to the American League a little bit before we kind of wrap up with our predictions. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, did you guys see the tweet about how the Astros are all sick? No, I did not. Yeah, Dusty Baker apparently said that there's like some sort of illness going around um, the the Astros clubhouse. Astros flu game. Not the Uh, right time to get it. Yeah. If you're uh, Astros, fan, so it is the right time to get it. But it says Astros manager. This is this is from a blue check. Um, who writes for MLB? Astros manager Dusty Baker said he's not ready to announce the ALD ro- ALDS rotation yet. He said some sickness is going around. Um, yeah. and of course, people are calling it sea sickness, which I think is pretty clever. Um, but yeah, apparently there's uh there's a little something something going around. He might be the only blue check who's saying as much, but he seems to be a blue check who's talking about it. But I mean, if anyway, great, thought that thought that would be interesting. It is. Yeah. And I think it's it's something to watch for. I'll be honest. And it's because, it's a, clearly affecting the starters too. So right, you know. it's, it's, no one's immune to it clearly, and it's affecting them enough to where they're not prepared to. I mean, how much can you prepare yourself on an off day if you're not physically ready to be prepared? Right, um, right. So that always that raised a lot of questions. I think in terms of benefit, the Astros do get it because in the American League Division Series, there are no games on Wednesday. Those games are moved to Thursday. So it goes Tuesday, Thursday in terms of games in the American League Division Series for both uh, sides of the bracket. Let's just assume full health here first. So in game one, Logan Gilbert versus Justin Verlander. Let's assume full health despite the reports that is are otherwise. I think the Mariners come in as the wildcard team, having had a great series against the Blue Jays, came back really strong in that second game from an 8-1 deficit and really took care of the Blue Jays really quickly, both games. It was rather impressive what they were able to do. I guess <coughs> my questions there are, and maybe I'll start with um, Joseph on this one. Number one, how are the Mariners able to overtake the Blue Jays and is it the same script that they have to follow to overtake the Astros now? I think the Mariners' big thing is, like, they did it with pitching. Not in Game 2, obviously. Like, Game 2 was a comeback that will be remembered forever. But the recipe for the Mariners is you got to get good, in, like, six from your starters and then hand it off to that bullpen and let them do the work here. 
the offense actually has looked really, really good. And that is the scary part if you're an Astros fan, is you know about the pitching. You didn't know that the offense was going to show up the way that it did. And now you have to deal with the fact that, oh, man, our offense, as for as good as it is, may have to go blow to blow with Seattle. And that is going to be the hard part. The big thing for me is, like, the, the fact that they won it in two is huge for this series. Because you're looking at, like, Marco Gonzalez or Chris Flexen in game one. Now you have Logan Gilbert pitching game one with Castillo not that far behind. They can, There's a scenario where they are up 2-0 going back to Seattle. And that should terrify any fan of the Astros. That crowd would be electric. And that's a really good point, too, about winning in two games. You know, it's a, it's a steep drop-off between Logan Gilbert and either Marco Gonzalez or Chris Flexen. It's, or, George, or George Kirby. Yeah, think, or even George Kirby. It's, it's a steep drop-off in terms of what you're going to get on the mound to go against the AL Cy Young in 2022. So if you're putting yourself in the best position, you're going to have to at least give yourself a chance with one of your starters. I mean, I, I don't love my chances of going blow to blow with the Astros in terms of offense against Justin Verlander. But now when you have Logan Gilbert and then the off day, now you're like three or four days. Now you're resetting your rotation at this point. Now you're in a place where, Game one, game two starters are starting games two and game three. And that's about as good as you can draw it up for a wild card team at this point. I think those who went up 2-0 obviously have the advantage here. I don't think that's any surprise. I think I'm going to ask James this one. I, I think one of the bigger questions for the Astros other than health is just how do they how, how do they set this rotation? I, I, again, let's assume ideal health. Who do you turn to game two? Is it Framber Valdez? Is it Lance McCullers? How, and I mean, it's a good problem to have, but would you, would you, I guess, change your rotation based on how you perform in game one? Would you start a different person game two if you win than if you do in game two, knowing that, again, assuming full health, but knowing that you have that day off in between? No, I am not going to tell Dusty Baker to behave like Buck Showalter with Jacob DeGrom. Uh, you play your best players when you can. Verlander's going to go game one. The se- if the series goes the distance, he's going game five. Framber Valdez has been their second best starter this year. He goes game two. I would put McCullers in game three because he has pitched in electric environments like the World Series. You're going to need someone who has had that type of experience in big games to try and handle the crowd. I, uh, game four, uh, your guess is as good as mine. I would go Javier. Uh, but I think it does set up pretty well. I don't think if you lose game one or game two, you should stray from this plan. Of course... I'm not a manager. I don't know really? what the hell Dusty Baker's <laughs> thinking. Although I didn't know what the hell Buck Showalter was thinking during the first game of the NL wildcard series or before when he was saying, 
We might save DeGrom. Like, you, you can't get away with being cute like that. It's just not going to work. You don't, you don't save your best player for a game that may never come. You got to play your cards when you can. That's how I line up the uh, rotation. And it's going to be a low-scoring series. I think uh, the Mariners' offense, they really only walk and home run, hit a home run and strike out. It's very heavily dependent on three true outcomes. And that's what feeds into – like that's what Houston does best is limiting walks and home runs while striking out a bunch of guys. And Logan Gilbert, he's been awesome against the Astros this year. Luis Castillo has been awesome in general, although he has not faced the Astros. It's going to be a low-scoring series. And I think the bullpens are going to play a big role as well. It'll be interesting to see how they tackle us. And I I think, you know, the obvious advantage is to the well-rested team who can start the Cy Young in game one. I, I think for the Astros, you look at it on paper, it's like, yep, best team in the American League, let's just get through these games. And I think, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot already. It's, you know, you don't want to start looking so far ahead that you forget about the battle that's in front of you. I, I think this is my favorite of the four series. I know Dodgers Nation or Dodgers Digest, wherever we're calling you at this point, will disagree with me. It's um, my favorite, too. Oh, maybe they won't disagree with me. All right, I'm oh, no, it's that. my favorite because I think, not to get off track here, but I think the Dodgers will steamroll San Diego. And <laughs> this series, I have no Where's idea where it's going to go. Well, historically, for? historically, they win one. L- literally. Well, this is this is the win-loss. They win one. So they'll get one at least. That's what I think. Uh, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> All right. The Seattle Mariners have the entire have the entire city of Cincinnati behind them. According to Sam Hickster. Okay. <laughs> I I've been outside personally. Uh <laughs> rare move for me, but me ever I feel like everyone like Reds fans kind of adopt the Mariners. Like, yeah, postseason bandwagon. I mean, think about like, obviously, I'm highly biased against for the Mariners right now. But like, there's just so much raw talent on that team, and I feel like a lot of it underperformed in the regular season. Like, you can't just tell me that Jesse Winker is this 103 OPS plus guy. He's better than that. I think Eugenio Suarez has a large part to play in this series. Castillo's going to deal. And obviously, you know, Julio Rodriguez. But he's not from Cincinnati, so who cares? Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you know, there's like so much raw talent. And I feel like the contrast with the Astros is that the Astros have like this great pitching. And like, I, I've seen the Astros lose in the postseason so much, like an aggressive amount, truly. It's like, okay, are they going to... I feel like, same old thing. Mariners, I think, got to pull this pull through. 
Also, I'd get murdered if I didn't mention Eric Swanson went to my high school. <laughs> that's 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 the most passionate plea you've given in, in favor of the team you're rooting for yet, Sam. So I appreciate that one. Um, I, I I do think it's going to be Seattle and the rest of the nation versus Houston in this one. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It'll just be whether or not they actually perform to it. But before we get to those predictions, we still have one more division series to talk about. <coughs> not my favorite one by any stretch. Um, the Guardians just took care of the Rays. I said it was going to be their hardest test. And they took both games. And, and it wasn't particularly um, – it wasn't particularly – tough for them until the 15 inning game but um it was tough on the eyes it was tough on the eyes that was about the only thing it was tough on um and now the uh, guardians walked into a series where now you're against the big bad you are not in control of the series because you started your top two starters to get past the rays your bullpen's not necessarily tired despite the 15 inning game because you won in two games, so you had a couple extra or an extra day of rest at the very least. So you feel fine about your bullpen because you're Cleveland, you need it. I think it's two very different style of teams, and I'm curious to see how it's going to play out. I think, Sam, I'll start with you on this one. I think the Yankees are the heavy favorites. Guardian just kind of got to play Guardian baseball to get past this game, right? Like that, That's how it kind of has to go. Is there a way they... <coughs> their way past this okay here's my take they just intentionally walk aaron judge every single time and then the offense is just dead let's say they would be smart to have done that in the regular season but (laughs) sure i sure okay we have he steal bases I don't no. think so. Not at a prolific Aaron. enough rate for me to consider pitching to him. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's Aaron. And then, okay, and then you got the pitching. Shut up, Peyton. Uh, <laughs> and then you got the pitching. Uh, and we got we got Bieber and McKenzie, who I think they go 2-3, I'd imagine. Uh, and then what? You get go. That depends on the, how well the Cal Quantrill mystery bag goes. Is he good today? Who knows? But. When you got, I think he's a pretty solid playoffs starting third starting pitcher. And again, I feel like same philosophy. You want to take at least one in New York. But even then, I think the Guardians could take both. I think that that Yankees pitching is, I think, is going to fall apart. So I think, yeah, I think like Cole's good, but he's he hasn't really been himself this season he's you know a lot of like stat cast nerd numbers era is not under three so who cares uh <laughs> and we got like what nestor cortez <laughs> got what nestor cortez and God, who is even is the rest luis severino i think the guardians can you they can string some hits together that's the thing about guys. the Guardians. You don't really just have to string hits together. You just got to string a bunch of balls and play together. Exactly. And you're going to find a way to put it together. I, I think Miles Straw's defense is going to put him over the top. 
Yes, he uh, made sure to get that mention in there. Yes. Kyle Straub, World Series MVP for Cleveland, <laughs> if it happens. <laughs> well, That's New York what I'm talking about. New York isn't going to have Aroldis Chapman because apparently not showing up to one practice is enough to finally He's just bad, get him off. No, yes, we're talking about negatives the for the Yankees. Huh? That, I mean, negatives. that's true. True. But, yes, uh, all the bad things he's done. It was the missed man. Showing up, players. not showing up. I, I mean, I think, I think, uh, I don't know what it's like to be on a major league team, but I feel like missing one practice, one practice isn't the only thing that's going on there. Um, feel like it. You he know, sucked and missed practice. Yeah. yeah, he sucked and also has caused the problem, caused many problems on several fronts. And yeah, I think I think the missed practice is that, oh, finally we have a tangible excuse that. To, to, to do yeah. things um i don't yeah. think i don't think it was because of the mispractice i think i think any almost any other player there you know with, with within reason gets even for mental health right like that is that is thing teams are finally starting to recognize mental health days are important mm -hmm. uh i don't think that was the sitch here i think they were looking for something um, unfortunately, because of performance as well, um, could, couldn't do it while he was hot, right? Um, mm -hmm. But he's gone. I don't think he's gone for good. He's just off the postseason roster. But they were just, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think now you're playing a player down. I mean, it wasn't the most effective player ever, but now you have other things distracting you as a team. So, uh, in terms of matchups for that series so far. It is Cal Quantrill projected starters. Of course, Cal Quantrill versus Garrett Cole in game one. That game will start at 6.37 p.m. Central Time tonight. With the off day Wednesday, they come back Thursday in New York. Shane Bieber versus Nestor Cortez. From there, matches are unannounced. We'll probably go day by day. You can probably project it out. Um, but that will still be uh, something we wait on in terms of just probable starters for those games. It'll be an interesting series. I, I think the Guardians will continue to do what the Guardians do well and just be a complete pain in the behind of everyone they play to the point where they find a way to make the series interesting. They may not win it. I think a five-game series will be hard for them to win. I think they would have had maybe a better shot in a three-game series to pull out two from that, just having watched them play and drive me nuts for 19 games this season. Um but, but you look at that, I, I don't know how they win it in five. I, I think it's a certain point the Yankees are just that good. But, again, Guardian baseball is not easy to predict. Okay, let me say this. Like, yes, Cleveland's bullpen was taxed on Saturday. Mm -hmm. But the two big guns, Class A and Karen Check, only went one inning. That's I can see point. a scenario where Quantrill gives you five decent innings. You get two from Karen Check and two from Class A if you have the lead. And then you give the ball to Shane Bieber up one nothing against Nestor Cortez. That's how they do it, really. Is it's a sweep or the Yankees? That's how the series is going to go. Yep. And then it'll be interesting. I, I don't have as much fun watching this one. I'm not a big Cleveland baseball fan, and I'm certainly not a big Yankees fan. But I think from just a general baseball fan perspective, you know, watching two different teams be very different in how they approach the game 
and seeing how those two styles will match up from a baseball perspective be very interesting. But as we round out our show here and get you ready for the wild card games, we're going to end it how we're going to end all of these um, postseason podcasts with our predictions. So Dodgers Digest has a chance to get back on track. If they uh, made any poor predictions last round. Sam, we'll get to hear your prediction predictions for the first time. I guess we'll start and get it out of the way. Dodgers Padres. We're going to make Dodgers Digest go last. Sam, what's your prediction over there All for right. that division series? I'm going Mariners in five. Hold on, just start. Wait, just start with the division series for the Padres and Dodgers. Fine, fine, fine. Uh, we know you're picking the Mariners. I'm going. Uh, I'm going Dodgers in four. Dodgers in four. Uh, okay. It's a logical take. And then I'm going okay. Philly. Phillies in five. Phillies in five. Okay, so Phillies in five. Dodgers in four. James? On the National League side, I I also have Dodgers in four. I think the Padres can steal one. I I said earlier, I just don't like their lineup at all. And their bullpen's very top-heavy. So if those starters aren't going six, seven innings, which was crucial in their victory over the Mets, both – both Musgrove and Darvish went seven innings like, and had big leads so you didn't have to use your role, your uh, high leverage arms. That's I don't think that's going to happen against the Dodgers multiple times. I think it can happen once. I'm taking the Dodgers in four. And on uh, the other side, uh, give me the Braves in five. I don't. I have no idea who starts Game Four for them, but uh, I think they're better than the Phillies. It's going to be a dogfight, uh, especially since the Phillies are really amped up right now. But Max Freed is that dude, and uh, I think that's going to take it. All right, so Braves in five, Dodgers in four, Tavi. I uh, same. I mean, I showed you the math. They're going to win one, I think. It's going to be Dodgers in four. Uh, and, like, my my baseball heart says uh, also Atlanta in, in five, but the chaos gremlin inside me and the desire to not hear the chop ever again this season uh, wants the Phillies to win pretty bad. They have to, Do they have the devil magic? The Phillies? Do they inherit do they it? The devil, do you inherit the I was about to say, do, do you, did you take it? Well, here's the thing. You know, they their their colors are so similar. Maybe like because they have the same Pantone color, it's just a different CMYK, right? So maybe the baseball gods looked down and said, Oh, the red team, and said, which one? Don't know, and they just wasammed the wrong team. Oh no, it's, it's so like the Santa Claus. Have... <laughs> If you die, if you die and when and find the suit, it finds you. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'd like to see it. Uh, you know, Dodgers fans, and there's not a lot of love lost between Dodgers and Braves fans for both on the field and off the field reasons. So um, I, I'd like to take on the Phillies. Why not, Joseph? Dodgers. Dodgers in three because the Padres are the only team in this postseason without a home field advantage. If we are being brutally honest here, 
You're not wrong. <laughs> oh, did you see the hot mess about how they're limiting? Like, you have to be from a certain zip code to buy tickets from the Padres, like, official Padres. Have you seen this? I'm a Rams fan. I can't talk. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. No, I know it's a thing that happens, but it's just, it's ridiculous. It's Milwaukee really has done that before. Yeah. For Cubs games. And it's, but, but the thing is, it's like, it's your own people who are putting it on resale sites, my guys. Like, which sorry. is usually how it goes. Yep. It's, it's your problem. It I remember, I remember, a Notre, no, I remember a Notre Dame football game a few years back that I, I was a student at the time. It was a huge game. I can't remember who it is against, but it was a team in red. It might have been uh, you, Alabama, no. Georgia. It was Georgia. Might have been Georgia. It might have been Georgia because I remember walking into the stadium and just being blown away by the amount of red in the stadium. Like, how did you essentially let this become a neutral site game at home? And it's the reselling. So it's something where Cincinnati. Right. It was like that too. I've seen some of the just general pains of the resale or resale market of just you create your own problems at a certain point. Um, I guess for my predictions, I'll go Braves in four. Someone's got to pick the Padres. Padres in five. Let, let's oh. let's see some real chaos. Someone's got to pick. My, I think in my Philly Atlanta one. Phillies in four. Oh, I missed that one. Sorry. Phillies in four. That's what my I heart wants. Really. That's what my gremlin heart wants. I'll go Braves four, Padres in five. Someone's got to pick the Padres. I think the only way they can win it is if they find a way to do it in five games. I, I it, It'll be a dogfight for them, and I think if the Padres end up winning that series, they will be so worn out from doing it, there's no way they can finish it off. And go that also means they have to win twice at Dodger Stadium, which they have not done right. all season. Which so. you will be so burnt out of the team. They just have to win one at Dodger Stadium. Oh, that's true, too, at home. Yeah, it. sorry. Yeah, he is yeah, right. trust was Clevenger wrong. in Game Five or Manaya in Game Five. But in, well, Clevenger's going Game One, so I don't think we'll see him again. But I don't know. So, Depends. It'll be interesting. That's the I'll go Padres again. That's really the only way I think they can win it. And like I said, they'd be so taxed they probably lose the championship series. This is their World Series. So I, I kind of do view it that way as well. So like finally take down the big bad Dodgers from their point of view. So, all right. Play some San Diego love. The only good <laughs> narrative is a team beating the Dodgers. <laughs> That's a fair point. At some point. Um, all right. To the American League side of things. We'll start back with Sam. Your thoughts. Mariners in five. Okay. Uh, and then I got, and I got Guardians and I got Guardians in four. Okay. So upsets on both sides of the bracket or both sides of the uh, American League side. I'm embracing the chaos. Good with me, James. Uh, I think I alluded to it previously. The uh, Mariners' offense, I don't like it against this Houston pitching staff. I think they'll win game. Uh, I think Seattle will win game three just because I think the crowd is going to get into Houston's head. I don't think they will have seen anything like it in years, really. Just because this is a this is a fan base that has waited a generation for a home playoff game. So they're going 
they're going to be hyped for that. I think they'll win that one. I, I, I just have a hard time picking against the Astros. I, I don't like the Astros. I don't want to see them win, but it's hard to, for me at least, to see a way they don't win this. On the other side of the bracket, I think it's a bit closer than some people are giving credit for just because of the stylistic differences. I just don't trust Cleveland's pitching after Bieber and McKenzie, and that's what swings it for me. I think if you have to face Garrett Cole in game five, like what's, you know what his biggest weakness is? Home runs. You know what the Guardians don't do? Hit home runs. Like he's going to ball out that series. Like the key for them to win that series is not to let it get to a game five. And I think you have two pitchers who are good enough not to get it to a game five in McKenzie and Bieber. They can get you to the game five, but I I don't trust the rest of their pitching staff at all. And I think the Yankees are going to win in five. Savvy, your thoughts? Uh, I think if all of the starting rotation has the flu, um, let's look in pretty good to the Mariners. Uh, <laughs> I think I'd pick them anyway. I, I, I don't know that I agree with the atmosphere in Game 3 rattling them. This is the Astros. They've been harassed and screamed at, per Rob Manfred's request, uh, for a couple of years now. So I don't know if that I don't know if atmosphere would play as much into it um, because they've played in some pretty hostile environments. They've played in some pretty charged environments just because of who they are. That doesn't mean that I don't still think they'll still win Game Three. The Mariners. Um, I, I'll I'll pick the Mariners just for funsies. I have less of a of a dog in this fight, and um, I've kind of enjoyed enjoyed seeing them and i love their little dances and i'd like to see more of them uh as far as yankees guardians i don't care um you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> the nation agrees with you <laughs> uh you know i i i'm whichever one i think we have a pretty good game plan for them uh have, i think we did we see cleveland this year i can't remember but no. you know we, we oh yeah the, the dodgers did yeah, and like we did in June. Yeah, we didn't see the Yankees. I just, I don't know. I again, the old baseball historian nerd in me wants to see a Yankees Dodgers World Series. If the Dodgers progress, I'd like to see the Yankees win. If the Dodgers don't, uh, I'd like to reward Cleveland for changing their awful name. There we go. <laughs> there you go. To be fair, Never. Guardians is not a great name. It's spiders 2023. <laughs> oh, spiders I was definitely would have been better. But I'll Guardians, be Indians, there's less things to change, I think, it's was their better. thinking. You know, I was yeah. And also I was just never on the Cleveland Spiders bandwagon. I was not on that. I never got behind. Dude, their city connect jerseys would have been a nightmare, and I was there for it. Like it would have either yeah. been like a party city, like spider web, or some like just Lovecraftian night horror. And I, we're really just deprived of both, you know? I mean, no. don't, don't lie. You want to see that. Oh, it's I know. It's so bad it's good. <laughs> I, I, 
I watch Thursday night football. I don't want these. It's so bad. It's good. It's just bad. <laughs> Joseph, your thoughts on uh, the or excuse me, the division series in the American League? All right, I have Seattle in five. Like Tavi said, Houston. I, sorry, Tavi, you're wrong about this, but like Seattle is just an entirely different animal. Like Russell Wilson played his entire career in Seattle, knew how loud Lumen Field gets, and still looked rattled in that Monday night football game. There's nothing that can prepare you for that environment, especially for a 20-year playoff drought ending. They're going to break decibel records in game three. And then Logan Gilbert starting game one is what tipped it for me because that is the difference maker here, is he will pitch a potential game five, and you still have Castillo and Robbie Ray ready to go. And that's just enough to put him ahead of Houston because, quite frankly, we don't talk about this enough, but Houston was like two massive World Series favorites and choked it. They are not that good in the playoffs. They are a very overrated playoff team, in my opinion. A little bit of bitterness behind that. I'm going to go New York in four against the Guardians. Like, I, like, if you're Cleveland, you have to win it in three. And I just don't see a world where you beat Garrett Cole in game one without depleting your top two weapons in that bullpen for game two. And then you're kind of screwed if Bieber does not pitch deep into that game. And the Yankees have just enough to get ahead, even with my concerns of who's going to do the job of bringing Aaron Judge in, because I don't think Aaron Judge is going to get a pitch anywhere near the center of that plate for the entire series. Russell I'm not Wilson predicting any upsets here. 300-yard right. passing game, and the reason why they lost was because our running backs couldn't hold on to the goddamn football at the one-yard line. They were not better run past. You're having a rough day. <laughs> I'm having a rough football season. Yeah, it's fair. Let's run. Hey, I will go no upsets here. I'm going Astros in four, Yankees in three. I just I, – I really don't think the Guardians match a ball against the Yankees. I can play devil's advocate all I want. Yankees went five and one against the Guardians this year. I, I just don't think it's going to work out for them. I, I see Yankees in three. Astros in four. I just don't see how you get past that pitching staff. I know Seattle's great. It's a great story. It'll be electric for that game three. I just, I, I think the electricity will wear off, and by game four, it's kind of over for them. I, I would like it to be completely different. I, I think Seattle is America's team, unless you're in LA. That I think most Dodgers fans would disagree with me at this point. Oh, we're, um, that's everyone's AL team. That's fine. That's everyone's AL people. team. I, I, I think everyone would love to see the Mariners in the playoffs, or excuse me, in the World Series. I, I just don't think they have the talent necessary, nor do most teams, to get past the Astros. Sickness or in health. So, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong on this one, but that's just my thought. So, it's a little bit of everything across the gauntlet. I, I think... Uh, did anyone pick Cleveland? Oh, I did just for fun. And, and rewarding of, you know... Okay, so one just kind of, uh, we'll give it, but Man. one in Sam who actually believes in it. <laughs> Other than that, I think Believeland. I, I think it will be an interesting. I, I do hope they are four good series. I, I think 
the wild card match was fun. We only got one three-game series, so it wasn't as fun as it could have been. But I think it brought more meaningful games to October baseball without damaging the quality of the games. But we'll see how that has a long-term effect as the rest of these games go. I, I think if you see all four teams who've got the bye win pretty handily, then I think you have to start questioning, okay, was the extra couple of wild card games really worth it? Because the rest of because the division game product suffered so much. So I, I think it's a larger question still to come. But I do hope we get four interesting series. It's um, something that's I, gonna take years to answer. You're just unfortunately yes. for people who are anti playoff expansion like myself. I, I I enjoyed the wild card series, but you're also really behind the eight ball because you can't line up your starters at all like you want them to in the NLDS. And I think that's the logic in get like, that's why you're okay with the buys is because they're at a disadvantage from not playing the wild card teams are at a disadvantage from personnel. Well, just on the other side of things, like Major League I'll Baseball say this, though, about is the really... Bye. Go ahead. I'll say this about the bye. Is in 2012, the Tigers swept the ALCS and sat on their asses for four or five days waiting for the Giants to finish their seven-game NLCS. The Tigers got so cold that they got their asses kicked in that World Series, and I hate them for it. So do not underestimate how this down period is going to affect the teams on the bye. It's good. You're going to see some rough baseball tonight because the bye teams just haven't played. Inter-squad games are cool, but it's not the real thing, and one of these teams is going to come out looking ugly. Okay, okay, but that ties no tickets to it. That Tiger team wasn't that good. Uh, I just think it's funny that Major League Baseball just keeps flubbing up like the playoff format in like weird, subtle ways. Like they didn't have the Dodgers magic number right. Uh, just today, someone was pointing out that they were billing game three in the series as if necessary. Game three, as if necessary in a five-game series. So I just think it's really funny how, like, not even Major League Baseball has their shit together when it comes to actually implementing and, like, enforcing playoff rules. They're like, they don't even get it yet. So I think it's funny. Always something. There's always something going on. <laughs> but So just as a final recap before we sign off here, the Mariners are the – or excuse me. The Phillies are the first game today. The Mariners are the first American League game. But the Phillies are the first game today at 12.07 Central Time. The Mariners are the first American League game today at 2.37 p.m. Central Time, followed by the Guardians and Yankees at 6.37 Central Time, and the Padres and Dodgers at 8.37 p.m. Central Time. So, back to back to back to back. Baseball will overlap each other here and there, but not – Totally. So you'll have plenty of baseball on your TV all day, which is exactly how the world was intended to be. So that's going to do it for us on this episode of This Week in Baseball presented by Diamond Digest. Diamond-Digest.com is the website. Diamond underscore Digest is the Twitter handle. Diamond.Digest 
is the Instagram handle, and we have a TikTok now, Diamond Digest. No hyphens, dashes, dots, <laughs> nothing of that so kind. So consistent. We're really consistent, uh, and we make it really easy for you to find us. But make sure to follow us on all the platforms. Make sure to follow uh, all of our wonderful writers um, who are doing a great job continuing to provide content into the postseason, as well as joining me every week making this podcast possible. So for Sam, James, Tavi, and Joseph – this is Jordan Zowski signing off. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your Division Series baseball. And we will talk to you once these games end and get you ready for the championship series. Take care and enjoy. Thanks for watching. Thanks for supporting. Take care. Go baseball.